Welcome to the Run for God Run Club, where you will find God in a runner's space. Welcome to the Run for God Run Club. This is your one stop each week to be motivated and inspired to get off the couch and onto the running trail where you can, in turn, inspire others to do the same. Let's learn, laugh, and leap into running together, giving God the glory for what we are able to do in His name. Amen. I'm your running host, Dean Thompson. And after a brief respite, back with us once again is Run for God founder, Mitchell Hollis. Thanks for having me, Dean. Had some good guests the past two weeks. We have. I'll yeah, tell you. I haven't had a chance to listen to Shannon's yet. It's obviously not released by the time we're recording this. But man, there's a lot of good um, response to HR. Yeah. Yeah, that may be the best one we've ever done. Yeah, he uh, he knocked he did it out a of the great park. Job. He was so nervous. We didn't talk about this that morning, but he was so nervous when he came in here. Yeah. And I, I talked to his son, I don't know, a week or so before we did the recording. And he said he was just listening to our podcast one after the other and making notes and just trying to figure out how it's done. And and uh, so you could tell he was prepared. He was yes. a little bit nervous, maybe the first five minutes, but man, he become a seasoned pro in no time. <laughs> he did. He did. Yeah. Uh, man, it's been kind of a stroll down memory lane yeah. between him and then Shannon. After that, it's uh, it's pretty cool. Yeah. It's pretty cool to go back and look at what we've what we've been through. Um, so if you're out there and you and you like the guest, then then let us know. We that's one thing I, that we've mentioned this before. Yeah. Um, we don't do it as much anymore. We may need to keep doing it. But Lane showed me the other night that you can look at reviews on our podcast on Apple Podcast and Spotify, um, and evidently that helps your ranking somehow. We got a lot of great reviews, so if if you like what you're hearing here, go go give us a thumbs up and a review or stars or however you do it on wherever you listen to the podcast, because evidently it does help. I I don't know how all that works. Lane knows it a little bit more than we do, um, but yeah, go go yeah. go sound off what you think about this for sure. There's something about looking back. I don't know what it is, you know, but. I think about from when we look back over the last couple of weeks, it's been really fun. But um, I think back to when I was running in high school, mm-hmm. and I there's no results. I mean, I can find some results where where I, I won some state championships because now that you know, was all recorded on tablets. Yeah, right. Exactly. Scrolls. <laughs> exactly. Right. Uh, but you know, we, we don't have that. These kids today. You know, they've got pictures and video. Play by play. Race results are available forever. And I mean, they've got all this stuff at their fingertips. It's really cool. And I don't know if it's good or bad because, you know, the older we get, the faster we get when we were younger. But these folks that are going going through it today, they're yeah. not going to be able to lie about it. Yeah. <laughs> they're going to have to be held accountable. What is it you hear? It says, uh, pain is temporary, online race results are forever. <laughs> that's right. That's right. Yeah. So it's, I, don't know if it's, I don't know if that's good or bad in either case. But. Yeah. So uh, let's, get, let's get to our sponsor this week before we move on. Um, again, if you are out there and, and you own a business and you want us to, to help promote your business and um, you support 
support us in the process, that would be great. Send a, an email to runlanehollis at gmail.com, um, and he'll get you all the information. But this week um, is a company called securemac.com. They are the makers of the popular popular security software, MacScan 3. This software protects your computers from threats against uh, targeted Macs, which are malware, malware, keystroke loggers, and stalkerware. People nowadays are storing more and more of their information on their Macs, which can provide an ever-growing target for hackers. Secure Mac has been educating users about security and privacy now for over 20 years. They even have a podcast to inform users on how to protect themselves online and can explain it in a way that everyone can understand. Uh, try a free scan today, and when you're ready to purchase, use the code RUNNER for a special discount. Go check them out at securemac.com. And, man, that that's that's so true. You know, yeah. uh, here all back, we had a kind of a community-wide, I don't know how big it was, but all the Internet went down for, like, almost a day around here oh my goodness and um it made me really realize how dependent i mean just with run for god here we basically just went home yeah because there's not a lot you can do because all of our stuff is in the cloud now and we need access to it everything we do with the website is online and banking is online you know most of the bills i pay nowadays are online and um so yeah we we definitely People like Secure Mac are there for a reason. Yeah. They're very important. We don't we don't realize how important they are to, until we need them. That's right. Yeah, so, until something uh, yeah, happens. And then when out. something happens, it's too late, right? Yeah, yeah. 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 Well, we had a, a Facebook post that I love. I've actually been saving this one for a couple of weeks because it was really long, and I didn't know if I wanted to share it because it was so long, but it was so good. And so, um, so I want to share it. I would just like to say that I actually post very little on my regular Facebook page and really don't do a lot of commenting or anything, but this group has been such an amazing encouragement already, even in the few weeks I've been on here. Thanks everyone for making me feel so welcome. Today, as I was finishing up week three, day three, the the Lord just truly struck me with his goodness. As I was listening to my music while I was completing my workout, God brought just the song I needed to hear. God wants to hear you sing. If you don't mind, I'm going to give you a little testimony. A little over five years ago, I woke up in the middle of the night with my left arm in excruciating pain. I was living with my sister at the time, who was a nurse. She was very concerned that I might be having a heart attack. Well, it wasn't a heart attack, thankfully, but it was a heart issue that needed to be resolved quickly. My heart rate had all of a sudden dropped into the 30s to low 40s and couldn't seem to get back up any higher. About a week later, I was admitted for surgery where I had a pacemaker placed. I was only 33 years old and it reminded me over and over again. I was reminded over and over again by the nursing staff at the hospital how unusual this was for someone my age to need a pacemaker. And just having the issue was unusual for me. I've always been very healthy. And while nearly everyone else in my family had health issues, I was able to do what I wanted whenever I wanted without having to worry about any physical repercussions. In fact, I rarely got sick even with a cold. But that single event brought it brought with it an avalanche of health issues that in many ways knocked me off my feet for two years. I was having so many odd things occur and had just about every test imaginable run to figure out what was going on with me with no answers. I went to the doctor, excuse me, I went to doctor after doctor after doctor who couldn't tell me what was going on. 
And I'm not going to lie. These were rough years. I have always been an optimistic, upbeat person. And every time someone asked me if I was doing better, I really wanted to tell them that I was. But I couldn't. And I had my days and nights of lying in bed, sobbing and crying out to God to heal me. And yes, there were many times I yelled out, why, God? But it was through these hard times that God made himself more real to me than I had ever experienced in my life. And I learned to rely on his strength, not my own. You see, when we get to the place where we realize we can do nothing on our own, my friend, that is what that is when God does his greatest work. We allow him to take complete control and oh, what an infinitely better job he does at directing our path than we do ourselves. So in the midst of this tough time in my life, one Sunday morning, I sang this song at church. God wants to hear you sing. And in the chorus of the song, it says, God wants to hear your voice when the wisest man has spoken and says your circumstance is as hopeless as can be. That's when God wants to hear you sing. And the significance of those words at that time struck me to the point where I started crying as I was singing. You see, that was exactly what had happened to me. All of these doctors, many of them specialists, didn't have any answers for me, no direction to give me. And at that moment, as I sang, it was as if God was speaking to me personally and said, that's right, April, even in times like this, I want to hear you sing. Why? Because he is still good. He is always only good. And he is there to walk beside us through the great times and carry us through the hard times. And when we sing, we're reminded of what he's done for us to praise him no matter what. So as I was running today, I was struck again by God's goodness. And once again, I nearly started crying as I was listening to this song. That girl of a few years ago could not have done what I did today. Back then, there were days when I could hardly get out of bed, let alone walk. But today, I ran. How is that possible? One word, God. I know this is a really long post, but if you've read to the end, thank you. And know my, I know my story is not a unique one, and many have been through far worse than this, or maybe going through a tough time right now. But let me just implore you, in good times or bad times, take some time to thank God for what he's doing in your life. For we know he is working in all of us in some way, right? And we have so much to be thankful for, so thank him. And whether you think you sound good or not, go ahead and throw your head back and sing a favorite praise song to God. Believe me, he wants to hear you sing. And that came from April Parrish. Well, so well written. God may want us to hear hear us sing, but I, I don't think anybody else wants to hear me sing. <laughs> you might be right about that. But yeah, I mean, I love her sentiment there at the end where she, she talks about thanking God in the bad times. Yeah. And and that's hard to do. And it is. A lot of times we, we don't do it, but we should because it's the bad times that sculpts our good times. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, that's a great, great post, April. God is still God no matter what the circumstances are around us. We're going to actually talk more about yeah. that here in a little Funny bit. How that lines up with the story. I know yeah. it just always does. It's amazing how God works these things together. Um, yeah. But I think the important thing to realize here is that what April realized was she realized through the hard times, after the hard times were over, she realized she saw God in it. And we so often don't see that. Well, we talk about it all the time. You, you mentioned it up, you know, at the very beginning when you said we took a stroll down memory lane and, we talk about um, how hindsight is twenty twenty, and and so many people say don't look back, and, and I, I get it, I get why that sentiment is out there, but 
we do have to look back. Yeah. We have to look back to see where we've been and the, the struggles that we've been through. And I mean, I can sit here and think of times in my life where I was sitting alone in my church praying to God in the middle of the day. Yeah. And that that gives me not only hope, but the strength to face what I know may be coming tomorrow. I mean, That's true. just this morning, I mean, this is, you know, just this morning we heard about this whole Russia and Ukraine thing. And, um, you know, things could get tough around here. I mean, yeah. from a financial standpoint with energy prices and things like that. But we know that God's on the throne. That's right. And God will bring us through anything, no matter what goes on in this whole world. And that's that's the amazing thing is when you really look at the magnitude of God. You know, we, we, we we're in awe at the things he does right in and around us. But to realize that he's in control of what's going on 7,000 miles away. Yeah. And um, it's, yeah, but you got to look back. That's right. To appreciate that, what you're seeing out in front of you. That's right. Our trivia question from what last week was this one, and I said you may have to dig for this one a little bit. It was, who was Margaret Haggerty? Um, and, so, and so hopefully some folks, I'm sure, Googled that to figure that out. Um, if you knew this off the top of your head, I just I want to say kudos because uh, I didn't know this and happened upon it. So <laughs> You come up with the question, you didn't even know the answer. I didn't. Well, I knew the, I knew the answer because I, I had already I saw the story, and then oh, okay. I, I, I paired the question. to, to okay. yeah, But okay. I didn't know the story until recently. So, And this is her obituary, so this will tell you everything you need to know about Margaret Haggerty. Margaret W. Haggerty, Concord. Margaret W. Haggerty, a world-record marathon runner, died at her home in Concord, North Carolina, on August 1st, 2015, at the age of 92. The cause was complications of a stroke. The Guinness Book of World Records listed Mrs. Haggerty as the oldest person to have completed a marathon on each of the seven continents, just shy of her 82nd birthday. In pursuit of that record, she ran the original marathon route in Athens, Greece, scaled the Great Wall of China, climbed Mount Everest, and hitched a ride to the Antarctica Marathon on a Russian icebreaker. She started running at the age of 64 as part of a successful attempt to quit smoking. She completed 81 marathons, dozens of triathlons, innumerable 5K or 10K and 5K races, and a single walk and wag this June at Beach Mountain. She inspired fellow athletes with her enthusiasm for sports and her joy in competition. Her last marathon was November 2014, where she won the Gwendolyn Clark Award as the oldest finisher of the New York City Marathon. At her death, she was training to compete with the <laughs> 92. At her death, she was training to compete with the Carabas, Cabarus, Cabarus County team in the North Carolina Senior Games in October. In 29 years of Senior Games participation, she set 14 state records in track and field events. In 2013, she and her father were the first father-daughter duo to be inducted into the Cabarrus County Sports Hall of Fame. Margaret Florence Widenhouse was born in Union County, North Carolina, on March 25th as the eldest daughter. This goes on. This is her. But but this this lady, it finishes with this. In recent years, she was a familiar sight in Concord, getting in her six-mile daily runs and walks. 92 years old. She started when she was 64. We've heard this before, right? Well, wait a minute. I'm trying to do the math. I'm assuming in 2013 – she was inducted into the Sports Hall of Fame, but her father wasn't actually there. Because if he was actually there, then he was like 110. 
that's a good point. I don't know why uh, I zeroed yeah. in on that, but yeah, well, I guess he wasn't there. Maybe yeah. they were both just inducted. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's funny. That's crazy. Yeah. But it's awesome. It is. And we see it. You know, I've been to several of these USAT events. You went to one. Yeah. And you saw some of those older folks competing. It's so inspirational. Yeah. And it just it just underscores. So many people say, I'm just too old yeah, to do that. It's wrong. And it's just not right. So I don't know whoever's listening to this, but what's your excuse? I mean, <laughs> you know, it's, I'm just saying. She was a smoker. Obviously, apparently, I guess a lifelong smoker. Put her yeah. cigarettes down at 64. So and I'm going to start running marathons. I'm going to go start running <laughs> Who does that? Uh, and she left this amazing legacy. Um just amazing uh and we hear it all the time of course i make i make fun of myself all the time about being old (laughs) this is you're a young whippersnapper i'm still eight years away from when she started running yeah (laughs) (laughs) that's crazy uh there's no age limit on running and uh i think sometimes we we think there is we maybe we think there should be but Mm -hmm. there's not not at all and it's the same for walkers you know we we have a lot of walkers yeah, in in run club and walking's great. The only thing about walking is, and I, I would say this about walkers is, I see some people that go out and they walk. And listen, any walking's better than no walking. Absolutely, a hundred percent. I'm not saying, but if you're gonna be out there, get that heart rate up a little bit. Yeah, it's all about. We talk about it all the time. It's all about the variation of intensities. Yeah, you gotta you gotta mix it up a little bit. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a great story, Dean. Yeah, it's a, it's. A, I I love that part in there. We talk about going outside your comfort zone all the time. That part in there where it talks about her hopping on a Russian icebreaker to go run the Antarctica marathon at like 80 something years old is like that's just that's crazy. That you can't get any further outside of a comfort now, how zone. How old was that. she when she climbed Mount Everest? That one stuck out to me. I, I don't know, but it sounds like she did it after the age of 64. Yeah, I mean, you can't climb Mount Everest and be a smoker. I mean, there's hardly any oxygen up there to begin with. Yeah. So it had to be after. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Yeah, the idea, yeah it's amazing. It's yeah. just amazing. I want to be like her one day. Yeah. <laughs> Amen. Yeah. Amen. So let's talk about what we got coming up April 3rd. All right. So we've got the uh, 5K challenge, the virtual 5K challenge. We've got a lot of people signing up for that right now. Um but this is your opportunity. Maybe you didn't jump on for the marathon challenge. I get it. It's too much for some people. It's, you know, time and commitments and all that kind of stuff. So maybe you want to jump on board for the 5K challenge. Listen, we're going to be doing all the teaching, the heavy lifting. You'll get videos every week telling you what to do. You've got the Thursday Night Lives where you can ask questions. Um, we've got all the resources. you got the Facebook group, which just like you heard in the Facebook post up there, I mean, she was in there a matter of days and was already encouraged by it. And and it will. It'll do that for you. So you've got all these resources. If you're not plugged into Run Club, go to runforgod.com right now. Get joined. Get involved. Get plugged in. Um, you will be inspired. You will get healthier. You will learn the parallels of faith and endurance. And it'll change your life. Really. Amen. Seriously. And if you're already in Run Club... And you're thinking, wow, I would like to, to take a few people under my wing and and walk them through this 5K challenge. Yes, you can walk. You can walk or run. We're, we've got it set up for both. But if you're out there and you've never taught this before, it will really change your life. Yes, it will. No doubt about it. It doesn't have to be complicated. It doesn't have to be this big production. 
It can be as simple as two or three people in your house starting on April 3rd. You guys watch a video. You have some great conversations. You'll make some of the best friends you ever thought imaginable mm-hmm. um, through this process. And you can change their lives in the process. So yep. go to runforgod.com. Go to Upcoming Challenges, the tab that says Upcoming Challenges. You'll see the 5K Challenge starting April 3rd. There's all the information you could ever want. For some of you out there, you love all the details. Well, they're all there. Uh, You don't have to have all the details. You can go sign up and show up April 3rd uh, if you're one of those. But I think that's you. That's me. I'm the person that wants all the details. So we've we've got information on there for both. But uh, (laughs) I'm challenging you. If you're not part of Run Club, get plugged in. If you are part of Run Club, start a class of your own this spring and and just see what it does and i heard from a lot of people and we've seen some posts and i've heard i've gotten some emails from some people who are planning on on starting a a new class mm-hmm. so uh it's it's great to see the enthusiasm and yeah. the excitement level grow yeah and also uh we've been we talked about april 3rd but uh april 8th 9th and 10th um if you are not planning to come to dalton for the uh, run for god 5k weekend which is we got stuff going on friday we got stuff going on all day saturday and sunday morning if you can make it to dalton georgia that weekend man that's a fun weekend yeah just getting to know everybody so you yeah. can find out all the details on that on, on on the run club page as well but i uh, got a lot of stuff coming up this spring i'm excited yeah yeah it is going to be exciting so make sure you get plugged in As a mom, I want to make sure we choose a cereal that's not entirely derived from sugar. Their car seats have to be nationally CPS certified, and their first car has to have every possible safety feature known to man. I just want to do my best to make sure that they're safe. One thing I don't have to worry about is the content they hear on J-Radio. Not only do they love the music, but I know it's only going to be a positive message that I would approve of. Now, if I could just figure out how to get my youngest from sticking everything up his nose. Sign up at JRadio.com and download the new J-Radio app in your app store. All right, so we're back. Just stole Dean's thunder. I love it when I, I beat him to the punch. <laughs> um, so I, ha- I got to tell a story. Okay. I had something happen this weekend that I was just kicking myself so hard for it. You know, we've got a little, Holly and I own a little piece of property down the road here, and it's my, that's my sanctuary. I go out there and I'll get on the lawnmower or the tractor and just, I don't even put earbuds in. I just get out there and I love it. So I was out there this Sunday after church. I went out there and uh, I was mowing some. We got a little fire pit and I started me a little fire. And, you know, I've said I could sit out there by a fire all day long um and so i had to run back over here to the house for something i came back over here and uh, i wasn't here 15 minutes and i get my truck and i head back over there and i topped the hill right there at Jerry crutchfield's house yeah where you can see down in the valley where our property is and it looked like five thousand acres were on fire oh no (laughs) And I mean, I panicked because I knew yeah. I left that fire going. Even though it was small, I have a huge fire ring. Yeah. It was in there. It really wasn't that dry. I mean, it's been fairly wet around here. Yeah, it has. Um, and so I get to the gate, and I'm flying down the, the driveway. It's about a quarter of a mile back into the woods where the, the barn is, uh, where that fire pit is. And I mean, I got I started coming up the hill, and I could just see the woods on fire 
and I'm the only one there. I grab a rake. I, I get on the phone and I call Landing Landing. I say, get over here, grab a shovel and get over here. And uh, so I get back in there and I start trying to bat it down and rake it back. And um, I just realized this thing's, you know, it's way beyond me. So I called 911 and I said, I need some help out here. I got a fire going. It's, it's spreading through the woods. And, th- and there was nobody in danger. I mean, our property goes up to a field. So worst case, it would burn through the woods and then it would stop at the field. So yeah. it's not, not like there was any houses or anything around, but I just didn't want it to do that. I didn't right. want to. Um, and so Lane and Landing get there and we're trying to bite it down. And uh, I told Lane to go out to the road, wait to the fire trucks. And they pulled up. And uh, of course, the guy that got out of the fire trucks, a guy I know, Michael Blair. I don't know if you know Michael. I don't. <laughs> Actually, it's Landon's fishing captain. Oh, my goodness. He's the one Landon rides in the boat with. And uh, so they come out there. Of course, they got all the right equipment. They just, I mean, they're putting the stuff out right and left. And within about 15 minutes, it was out. But what we didn't realize, we were all down in the woods, was that the a little piece of fire had crept around the other side of my barn. And I had one of those big totes there. And had five gallons of gas in it. Oh my goodness! And we heard something. It wasn't an explosion. I thought gas exploded. Did you think that? I, I thought I if would a gas a big can ball of fire, fire, it would explode. Yeah. But it doesn't. I mean, yeah. we just heard loud Whoosh. burning. Yeah. 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 And we look back. Well, this gas can is on fire, and it's throwing flames up, probably twenty feet, and it's right against the barn. And I thought, oh, no, here. And I've got a tractor and two lawnmowers sitting in this barn. And luckily, one of the firemen was at the fire truck, and he just grabbed the hose. Evidently, have water on those trucks. I thought they had to be hooked to a hydrant. But they, I guess, keep a couple thousand gallons in there. And he sat there with the hose on that gas can, and it burned for at least five minutes just he was pouring a three-inch water main yeah. onto it, and it wasn't putting it out. But yeah. he was able to keep it knocked down. If he wouldn't have been there, the building, the barn would be gone, the tractors, the lawnmowers. I mean, it was so wow. I learned a lesson. Yeah. Even though I know the lesson. I've known. I mean, I grew up in the Smoky Bear days, you know. But you think. Only wow, you can I, prevent forest fires. It's and, just going to be a minute. And it's, I mean, yeah. really, you know how wet it's been around yeah. here. Yeah. And luckily the the fire guys told me that yeah it's the ground is really saturated right now but on top because it's pines where i'm at yeah. so it's pine, pine needles yeah and so it looked a whole lot worse than it really was wow but still i man that was a yeah y'all that be was care- not a fun day y'all be careful out there yeah <laughs> put, put your campfires out when you leave i i've not, way easier to go ahead and restart that thing than to go through what you went through. Oh man, yeah. So and I, I was, we were kidding because I, I've thought about doing a control burn out there. You know, that's where you burn all the underbrush and a yeah. pine thicket. And I said, but this isn't what I had in mind. No. So I've got about an acre of controlled burned area now that oh, will be wow. nice and lush here in a few months. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's a harrowing experience. My goodness, um, I did. I accidentally set a fire in the woods one time when I was a kid. Yeah. And as soon as it, it, I mean, very, very quickly, as soon as it got 
out of hand I, I ran into the house and we got the fire department out there it didn't get nearly that big um, <laughs> and i'm sure your parents asked how'd this happen and your answer was i don't know yeah i don't know of course really. it was what else would i say <laughs> my goodness never mind i was playing with matches yeah yeah well all right we got some other stuff going on here you know, I, I was listening to uh, the Unashamed podcast the other day, and I don't know if you heard this one where they um, they were talking about the reality show that they did. You know, the Duck Dynasty. I've heard them talk th- about that a lot. Yeah, what you're saying here. Yeah, yeah, and 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 old Phil was saying it was anything but a reality show yeah. because every time they went in the direction of talking about Jesus, they would you know re- redirect them in yeah. another in another direction. And I thought about that from a standpoint of. Um, our, our reality today, what we think is people's reality, is not reality. Mm-mm. When we watch them on on Duck Dynasty, there, is there, there is it rea- is it real? Is really what they're doing? Yeah, sure it is, but it's not the full reality. It's not the whole picture. And it's the same thing we see on people's social media, isn't it? Yeah, I just thought it was a that was an interesting thing to think about. Yeah, social media. I, I mean, it has its. It has its great sides, like like, like Run, Run Club. Club. Yeah, but yeah, I mean you're right. It, young people they they look at people on there and they think that's how things are supposed to be. I mean we're old enough to know that's not real. Yeah, that's not what that person really looks like. Yeah, go, go to their house at nine o'clock in the morning or eight o'clock in the morning. That's that's what they really look like. But but so many young people they've they they don't know any different they came up in the age of social media i thank god i didn't yeah um, me too. but that's where as parents we've we've got to really hammer that fact home that this isn't reality they they put their pants on just like you lane gets so tired of me saying that yeah he'll he'll be talking about somebody i'm like he's just a person yeah puts his pants on just like you do and he rolls his eyes and quits talking <laughs> but i mean we we do we have to constantly say that because it is easy i've been sucked into it you know you, you see have. something you're like oh man I, that's the way it's supposed to be well that may have been how it was for that picture but that's not how it always is that's everybody's right. got their battles and struggles yep don't get your direction from social media get it I'm from sorry. god yeah <laughs> Well, this week's story is from Julie Davis, uh, and it's called Pearls of Wisdom. I really like this one. It is currently 3.30 a.m., and I can't sleep. I've been thinking and praying about my story for a few weeks, and God has placed it on my heart to write it now. I hope you will bear with me as I go back to the beginning. My childhood, the foundation for who I am today, starts there. I was raised in a Christian home. We went to church every Sunday and Wednesday. I was baptized at a young age and set out to follow my Savior, Jesus Christ. My parents were opposites in many ways, but I learned important lessons from both. My dad taught me to value hard work and to save for my future. My mom taught me to see others through the eyes of Christ. They both valued education and sacrificed for many years to make sure my sister and I got a college education debt-free. While in college, I strayed from my faith. I experimented with what the world had to offer and found out the hard way that it felt good in the moment, but the consequences of my sinful decisions lasted long after. Pearl number one. After college, I got married to a Christian man and thought life just couldn't get any better. But after a few years of marriage, we decided we wanted to start a family, but struggled when it took longer than we thought it should. During this time, I began to really seek God more than I ever had before. 
I remember telling him that if I, if I was not meant to be a mother, to take the desire for children away from me. Pearl number two, he answered the prayer in his own timing. And in May 1999, we had a daughter. We decided during the pregnancy that I would quit my job and stay at home full time. In the fall of 2000, my then husband was in a terrible auto accident and suffered a brain injury. I don't even know how to put into words all that happened. But unfortunately, he developed a really bad temper and began consuming alcohol. Not a great combination. In 2002, our son was born. In 2004, due to many circumstances, we moved from the Atlanta area to Fayetteville, North Carolina. I had hoped it would be a new beginning, but things went south in a hurry. His drinking was worse, and he was depressed. Add the angry outburst, and I found myself walking on eggshells, so to speak, never knowing what would set him off or when it would occur. With no family nearby, I spent a lot of time on my knees in prayer, depending on God more and more. After nine months in North Carolina, I knew I had to get myself and the children to a safer environment. We moved to Douglas, Georgia, and moved in with my parents. Pearl number three, I found myself in a position I didn't think would ever happen. I was going to be a single mom. Although I had no physical scars, the emotional abuse I endured left deep scars that others could not see. But God is so faithful. You see, Douglas, Georgia has a lot of cotton and peanut farmers and chicken houses. I have a college degree in computer science, not agriculture. But there's a community college there, and I was able to get a job in the IT department. I was able to get back on my feet and bought a home near my parents for the kids and myself. We were trying to settle into our routine, but my son was having issues. After several appointments with, with a psychologist, he was diagnosed with Asperger's syndrome. Pearl number four. This sent me into one of the darkest times in my life. I still believed in God, but I no longer trusted him. I mean, how could I marry someone from a good Christian family who would abuse me and our children and then have one of them uh, be unable to communicate or function on a normal basis? I woke up many days uh, just putting one foot in front of the other uh, because it was all I knew to do. My kids needed me and I had to keep going for them. Over time, and with the help of a counselor, I was able to work through the fallout of the divorce. Once again, I was not really living in my faith. I tried to find another husband, but was unsuccessful. Why? God pushed me into a corner. He said to me, you can't keep living life on the fence. You either trust me or you don't. What is your decision? I told him I didn't know how, but I would trust him once again. Pearl number five, he also showed me that I had left my first love, him. So I poured myself into the word in prayer time once again. I surrendered my desire for marriage. I set out to be a true follower of Christ. My priorities were God, my family, and my job. Now in my 40s, I began to run for the first time in my life. When I turned 50, I set a goal to run a half marathon in 2020. But you guessed it, I didn't make it. All of the races I signed up for got canceled, and I was going at it all wrong. I had the training plans, but no support system or accountability and no coach. So I quit. Pearl number six. But God was working in my life. He had brought me an amazing man who is now my husband. You see, when I surrendered to God's plan, he sent me the man I needed, which is much better than what I thought I wanted. And now I have run for God and the goal of a marathon. So what are these pearls I have referenced along the way? They're revelations of God. Do you know how pearls are made? 
Oysters create them as a defense against irritants that could harm their bodies by secreting a substance to protect their bodies that builds up and forms uh, the pearls. During the darkest times of my life, God was always there protecting me. He made something beautiful out of my mess and mistakes. The irritants of life can make us bitter or better. As I grow in my faith, I strive to surrender more of myself to God. I'm sure I will face more difficult times in this life, but God will see me through and add more pearls to my collection. The beautiful reminders of his faithfulness and steadfast love. Man, that's a, that's a great story, Julie. Um, Never heard that analogy before. I haven't either, but it's, I mean, it, it falls right in line with what we talk about on here so many times. Yeah. And I, I loved how she said it can make you, struggles can make you better or they can make you bitter. And at the end of the day, that's that's what it's all about. It's how we react mm-hmm. to struggles and trials in our life. Um, because if we react the right way, it will make us better. It will yeah. make us stronger. Yeah. Just just like the workouts that we do. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's a that's a great great perspective on it. I thought it was interesting because I, I looked up a little bit more information on this whole pearl thing, and the irritant that is introduced into that oyster or mollusk is typically a, some kind of parasite. Mm-hmm. And I thought about that from our standpoint. How many times do we feel like we have parasites? on us you know what i mean <laughs> so many yeah. times that's what we feel like our irritants are is yeah. is, a, is something that's just hanging on to us and just won't let go of us and that can be a person a thing a situation it can be could a be lot anything. of different things yeah, yeah i feel yeah. like i've got parasites all over me sometimes yeah yeah i think that's interesting but, but yeah i mean think about think about what we tell the you know i look back and i was thinking about when you were reading the the kids that we've coached through the years and you know how sometimes they'll come up to us and they're so defeated that they didn't hit a workout right or something didn't go right or a race didn't go right and i I know what i usually come back with and it's well did you learn something yeah and if you learn something it's not a bad race yep it's simply a stepping stone to a better race and i mean it's the same situation with with our situations in life you know we can just go to god defeated and just moping and whining and and all the things that we like to do when things don't go our way or we can look at the silver lining and say what what were you trying to show me here god because rest assured god will always reveal something to you Mm -hmm. and your struggles and trials if you're looking for it but so many times we don't want to look we don't want to look we just want to we want to whine about it and we can't do that yep yep I thought one of the interesting things in researching these pearl things also is that under natural circumstances, it takes about seven years to form a pearl. But under artificial circumstances, what they call cultured pearls, they can do it in about three years. Hmm. Well, the way that that happens is um, they introduce a larger irritant into that and so that it, it forms a lot faster because it needs more to form. So in half the time and i thought about that from a standpoint of how how god handles us sometimes sometimes he allows that irritant to be larger Mm. and 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 we should be thankful for the larger irritants because it helps us to grow faster Mm -hmm. right because if they often hurt the worst they do hurt the worst but they make us the strongest right um if we'll let them yeah if we'll let them yeah good word Revelation 2.4 says, Yet I hold this against you. You have forsaken the love you had at first. 
you know, um, drifting away from God is a is a real thing. We've all we all know somebody who, at some point in time, um, I, I can't help but think somebody who's close to you. Mm-hmm. Who we talked about at one time, who just kind of said, "I'm just not," you know. He he just felt like God wasn't there. What mm-hmm. God needed to show him something, and um, and so many times, I think it's it can be busyness, it can be something taking us far away from God in a, in a way that some, maybe something we shouldn't be doing, or a lot of times it's a tragic event that mm-hmm. happens. So many people are they're angry at God because of something bad that happened, and even in this story, she mentions that. There was a point. There was a time where that ran through her head. She was having a really hard time trusting God because, well, God gave her a bad marriage and a and a child who was challenging. Mm-hmm. And so, why would God do that? And she re- she learned in the long run why God did that, and it made sense in the long run. But so many times, um, it's easy to kind of go to question God. Yeah, and and when you when you were saying that, it made me think about a. Something I've thought about before, but it always seems like when you, you have somebody who's a believer, you know, they, they're they very secure in their salvation and their faith, and they kind of start drifting from God. Many times, tragedy brings them back yeah, closer. That's true. But for those out there who are not believers— tragedy it it they become more bitter yeah. and angry and yeah. I, you know you look at that situation and how can you not believe there's a god because the only difference in those two people many times is where their faith ultimately lies you have one that may have strayed and maybe they've strayed into bad things and i mean cuz that can happen mm. but they have a tragedy in their life and it and it resets them and, and puts them back to God and ultimately a better person. But many times on the other side, it, it goes the other way. And the only difference between those two pe- people is an, a relationship with Christ. And so that, I mean, that should be a wake-up call when you really look at it like that, that God's real. Yeah. And God wants a relationship with us, and God will use tragedy many times to bring us closer to Him yeah. if we're looking to Him. Yeah, that's good. Second Corinthians four seventeen and eighteen says, "For our light and momentary troubles are achieving for us an eternal glory that far outweighs them all. So we fix our eyes not on what is seen, but what is unseen. Since what is seen is temporary, but what is unseen is eternal." We've talked about this a lot. Our lifetime is so short mm. compared to eternity, and um, we're. I call it the the corporate mindset. We're all we're all concerned about the next uh, board meeting. We're all mm-hmm. concerned about the, what it's going to look like at the end of the month, mm-hmm. rather than what it's going to look like a thousand years from now. Right. It really doesn't matter what our life looks like a year from now, because what really matters is what it's going to be like a thousand years from now, ten thousand years from now, right? Yeah. And that's that's where we I think we miss it sometimes because, and the world, commercial after commercial tells us how much we should care about what's going on right now and we should care about what's going on right now but but ultimately but our hope is not what in happen what happens tomorrow right it shouldn't be that's right it's what happens in a thousand years right where where are we sitting what are we doing who are we with in a thousand years because we're going to be somewhere every person with an earshot of this podcast believer or not believer is going to be somewhere in a thousand years yeah where are you going to be 
And so many people talk about Revelation and we're living in the end times. And you know what I always say to that? It doesn't matter whether we're living in the end times or not. It really, that's my opinion, it really doesn't matter. We're simply living at the beginning of eternity. That's it. That's (laughs) that's, that's the bottom line. Yeah. Yeah, that's a good way to put it. I like it. I remember when I was a, when I was a youth leader down in South Georgia, um, there was a guy named David Crane who sang a song called "The Whole World's from Missouri," and uh, <laughs> the, the, yeah, the way the song went was when you're a Linda Christian. Linda would probably agree with you. Yeah, <laughs> the song went when you're a Christian, the whole world's from Missouri, and then in the background was "Show Me." So it was, you know, it was the Show Me State is Missouri. Uh. So where's he going? Yeah, this? yeah, <laughs> uh, and and that's that's our problem is that when it comes to everything, we're in the we're we're in the show me we're in the, we're we're all show me people, right? We yeah. we got to see it, right. and sometimes um, what we see in front of us, we can't see what's beyond it because we're only seeing what's in front of us. Mm. Yeah. That old forest for the trees. That's it. Romans eight twenty eight, and we know that. In all things, God works together for the good of those who love him, those who have been called according to his purpose. Hmm. You know, this section of Scripture starts with, For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. I think that goes to what I just said. It does. I think it's, for for a believer, no matter how far we stray, and a tragedy hits, we know where to look. Yeah. And when we look in that direction, God is right there. It's not that we have to go find him. I, I cringe when I hear people say I'm I'm searching for God. That's there's no searching. You turn around. Yeah. Turn from whatever sinful thing you're doing or sinful life you're living. Turn around and God's right there. You don't have to search. And and I, I use I'm gonna use the word ignorance in this statement. And I'm not meaning it in a derogatory term. Ignorance just means lack of knowledge. For the non-believer, they tend to get bitter and and further from God mm. because they're ignorant of God. They they just don't know. Yeah. And so in that way, you really can't blame them. I think the Bible even talks about this somewhere. I, I'm I'm not sure exactly where it is, but it it talks about that as Christians, we're held to a higher standard because we know. To the non-believer, they don't know, and that's why go therefore and make disciples of all nations. That's 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 why we have this great commandment is because there are ignorant people out there, and I say that in the correct way of saying it, right. that they just lack the knowledge of Jesus Christ, and it's our job, it's our call, it's our mandate as believers to go tell them. That's right. And so we, we can't really fault people who go off the deep end who are non-believers because they just don't know and they're searching they're searching but they can't find it unless someone tells them or they hear it you know what gets me off my rear end sometimes and 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 helps me witness to people is the thought that how selfish is it that we know the answer and we don't share it yeah well, you know, know Penn and Teller was it Penn or Teller yeah 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 the video that was a very impactful video for me it was yeah. It was Penn, Gillette. Yeah, he had uh, yeah. He somebody had given him a Bible. He's an atheist, and you know he said in in, in the end, 
that was great. It was a great gesture. And he was really moved by the gesture that this guy gave him a Bible. But then he thought, so many other Christians out there, why aren't, why isn't, if you've got this answer and you believe this answer is the, is the answer, why are you not He said, how bad do you have to hate me? That's right. Not to tell me. That's right. And that was very, I mean, our pastor even showed that in our church, that video, which was, it's kind of shocking that a church is showing a video of it still to this day, to my knowledge, is a self-professed atheist, but he's talking to Christians saying, if you really believe that you have the answer, you have to hate the people around you not to tell them. He yeah. said he said it was like if I were walking out into traffic and a car was coming, how bad would you have to hate me just to sit back and watch it happen? Yeah. No, we would take action and go push that person out of the way. That's the same urgency we need to have with the people around us who don't know Christ because right. it's a much worse situation than getting hit by a car. Amen. Wow. Here's a question. Who is your first love? God or someone or something else? That gets right to the heart of the matter. I like I like her, uh, her way of asking that. Yeah. Just bold and to the point. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, we're, we're so reluctant sometimes to ask direct questions. Uh, but you and I, we like direct questions. Yeah, and I like awkward But not everybody does. After yeah. that, too. Yeah. Um, yeah, I, you know, the, yeah, you know, I, I mean, my, my first love is God, obviously. Now, yeah. does that get out of order sometimes? Yeah, it does. Yeah. And, and I think people out there not being honest if they say it doesn't get out of order sometimes that's that's our struggle while we're here on earth is to keep our our first love in the center of i mean love the lord your god with all your heart with all your soul and all your mind um that's the command that we're to that we're to keep it in that order everything else comes second yeah um you know what we put after god you know can tend to shift around but we should never be letting anything get above. That's that's we talk about idols on here a lot. And when anything comes above God, it it hits the idol status. That's right. Whether it's your spouse, whether it's your kids, whether it's a sport, whether it's a hobby, whether it's church, um, yeah. anything that gets up there and takes our focus off God uh, becomes our first love. Yep. I, you know, I was watching a show recently about gambling scams. Um, it was a it was an interesting show. It was a, I think it's a British show, and it was um, just the 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 lengths that people will go to to steal money and scam people. And I, I, it, it struck me that that these people loved money so much that they were willing to put themselves at risk to have a thrill i guess of, of bilking somebody out of, out of some money and for some of them it was funny to listen to some of them because some of them were very driven by well these bookies they're not honest people anyway and or there was one guy fascinating story which we won't get into but it's a really fascinating story where this guy watched his father gamble away his family's all the money they had in the world on a dog on a dog track. He took that dog to the dog track and he watched that dog actually have a heart attack and die in the first corner of that racetrack. 
and never even finished the race, lost all of their money. And he watched that happen. And he vowed that one day he would go back to the dog track and get revenge on that. And he did. And, and, and millions of dollars. But how much, whenever you're driven for anything like that, now is it, is it, is it a good thing to, to have gotten them back? First of all, probably not. Hmm. But, the, but, the, but the second thing is, how much is that a priority in your life that you saw something when you were a kid and you're so driven that you, te- you spend a lifetime hmm. pursuing that thing? That is definitely, and, it, and any of us out there that are like that, that are pursuing whatever it is. Mm-hmm. I mean, in this case, it was a, a gambling thing, but it could be anything, right? And there's nothing wrong with pursuing things, but you, what you're talking about is pursuing at all costs. At all costs. At all exactly. costs, it, whatever's on the table. Yeah. And yeah, that's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> I was gonna say something else, but I won't go there. But you, you know, you're right. It's, uh, we get, we get, you know, it's it's exactly where people are when, I mean, in in 2009 where i was running that's that's all i talked about it's all i wanted to do it's all if i didn't go to if i was at church i was thinking about the run after church it consumes you and anything in our life can get to that point even good things yeah in your case and this is another important point i think about this is you justified it right sure it's healthy yes and when when hr said those words to you you were offended by it because you in your heart you right. you were you were justified. I was misguided. <laughs> I, I I justified going to Crystal three or four times a week. <laughs> yeah, you know, I heard one it, yeah. time. You you heard me. Uh, th- there's been you know we we justify things. The guy that goes after the the bookie mm-hmm. is justifying what he's doing. Right. And the truth is is that if it's not God centered, there is no justifying. And the problem nowadays is when when we were young or just even twenty years ago. Of course, I was young twenty years ago, but um, there was if things were wrong, it was wrong, and you didn't really have help getting justification for that. Nowadays, you can get you can be a part of a a Facebook group that of just about anything if it's you know of whatever you <laughs> yeah, got you can right. find people who think like you do, and you become part of a group where you think. This is right. And you can surround yourself by a bunch of wrong thinking people who flat, make it feel right. There's a flat earth society, literally. I don't know what that means. There's there are people out there who honestly believe that the earth is still flat. That the earth yeah, is flat. Yeah, that type of thing. That, yeah, and yeah. so, you know, where when you're young and you say the earth is flat, you have school teachers, you know, whacking you upside the head saying, No, it's not. Look, right here. But now you you start to put all these people together. And you're convinced that the world is flat and everyone is wrong and it's a conspiracy and everybody's out to get me. Mm-hmm. And you have all these conspiracies out there that, yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I don't know where I'm going with that, but it's, <laughs> yeah. but it's, it, we can get into the same thing about that. You know, I, I don't want to say different religions nowadays, but different trains of thoughts that are not towards God. And they turn into religions. They exactly. literally turn into we don't, religions. We may not label them as that, but it's absolutely what they are. Uh, I'm, I'm convinced, and again, we're not going to get, we're certainly not wading into this area, but I'm convinced that a, a good portion of our politics today 
is a religion. Sure, yeah, and that's yeah. It's we, again, yeah. we we could do hours and hours of yeah, stuff the on the altar it, of politics. Yeah, yeah, we're not going to go there. No, on either side. <laughs> that's right. Because um, I think they're all crazy at times. But um, <laughs> anyway, but yeah, you're right. It's it's where is our focus? Where is our first love? That's right. Is our first love Jesus, or is it anything else? And if it's anything else were misguided period that's it simple another question what things in your life irritate you and how do you react to them forest fires <laughs> <laughs> that was very irritating yeah, i bet today. it was i bet that was irritating yeah yeah that's probably still under your skin pretty good and it really yeah. comes back to i irritated me that day because yeah. i was kicking myself i'm sure as soon as i topped the hill and saw that smoke i was like you moron yeah but you know i learned but i learned from it you know, just like i learned from it like kids. so god god revealed to me a lesson there and it's uh, listen to Smokey the bear from 20 years ago and only you can prevent forest fires. that's right uh you know my, for me the thing that irritates me is anything that doesn't work like i want it to you know it, I, yeah I've you've seen, seen it i've seen I, it i know I've you've seen, seen it plenty but here's the funny thing about that okay and it's going to sound like justification, and, and I, but I'm going to come back around to it. Whenever I get upset at something like that, it looks like, apparently, outside of my body, <laughs> it looks like I'm just crazy worked up and like I'm out of control upset about it. And the truth is, on the inside, that's not what I feel. So, so here, here's the problem with it, is as Christians... It doesn't matter how I feel. It doesn't matter that on the inside, I'm not really making a scene like everybody thinks I am. I can say that and I can feel that and that's fine. But what what everybody else sees is important. And it, it, it just doesn't matter. What is matter. it they say? Perception is 99% reality? Yeah, yeah. It, <laughs> it's just, yeah. I mean, it goes back to that, we, we, what, what we see. Um yeah, and, and let me ask you this. Yeah, this is a personal question. Yeah, how many of the things that you get mad at because they're not working would have worked fine if you had read the directions? Oh, that doesn't happen very often. Really? Yeah. Is it just because you never picked the directions up? No, so you really don't know. No, because I'm usually a direction. I usually read directions. Before really? I do stuff. Yeah. See, I don't. I do. And I'm one of those that I get really mad because it's not working right. And then I pick up the directions and I'm like, oh. <laughs> That's why it's not working. Yeah, yeah. Now, now for, for me, I don't know. Most of the time when something doesn't work, I, I, it's really a weird situation why it doesn't work. Mm. And then that that's what frustrates me. Uh, my computer over the last five days or so, every time it goes to sleep, it, it reboots itself. Every mm. single time. And I, I've done several things to try to fix it, but that's not normal. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So that's the kind of thing that I get frustrated at is that's not a normal thing. I didn't do anything. Well, maybe I did something wrong that, that caused it. I don't know, but <laughs> yeah. it would have been really unusual, right? Yeah. So yeah. We'll move on. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I think the bottom line is that as Christians, we want the world to see things through our lens. We want the world to see that, you know, this this particular thing is a sin mm-hmm. because the Bible says it. But for somebody who doesn't believe in the Bible, we can't expect them to look at the world as we do. Um, I had a uh, one of my former athletes just posted something on social media about a choice that she made that I, that 
I disagree with. And mm-hmm. she and she knows that I disagree with it. And that that's her choice. Here's the thing about that. I don't agree with what she's doing at all. But I love that girl. Mm-hmm. And I would do anything for her. And as Christians, I think that's who we're called to be, is it doesn't matter if somebody doesn't agree with us, especially if they're not saved. Now, if, if you claim to be a Christian and you're way off the reservation, that maybe that's a different story. Uh, we still have to love that person. Um, but, but in this case, how is that person who is, in my mind, straying away from what God would have somebody do going to see Jesus if I'm not there? Mm-hmm. Right? So I think that's an important factor there. Hmm. Last question. What do you need to surrender to God and trust him for? Hmm. Another pointed answer. Pointed question. (laughs) I think for me it's time. Is it? Um, Yeah. You know, uh, it it seems like it never fails that, you know, my quiet time is in the mornings. Um, I I go to my desk and I sit down and I break out my Bible and I, I I read whatever I'm reading for that day. But it seems like mornings are when I'm attacked the most. Hmm. Trying to steal that time. And I start thinking, you know, we talk about, you know, love for God is up here. And as long as everything else is behind it, we're relatively okay. It's the same thing with our time. Where where are we putting our time? When the morning times, I'm wanting to put it where it should be. But so many things will creep up. I'll get a call at 6.30 in the morning. Hey, can you come down here and look at this? And I, it's it's very tempting, and sometimes I do it. So, yeah, I'll be right there. And then the day goes, and you never get that in. And, and we have to understand that that's not a coincidence. Those aren't coincidences when, when we're being attacked or we're being pulled from specific times that we set aside to be alone with God. Those are the, t- those are the times where we're going to— the devil's going to creep in and try to steal away from us. Mm-hmm. And so for me, it's it's time. Yeah. Time alone with Christ. Yeah. Yeah. That, that's a good one. For me, <laughs> I, I have to th- – this this reactionary way that I, that I live sometimes, I've got to get over it. I try to get lots of practice. I listen to lots of podcasts <laughs> that will make me angry. You know, and then I, then I have – you don't think that works? <laughs> I don't I, think so. <laughs> Uh, you know these political things will get you all it'll get you worked up and have you shouting at the radio in, in your car and uh, yeah that's uh, so I try to practice uh, yeah I've pretty much turned the news off the past hey. even though I watch it a little bit late evenings a little yeah. bit early morning but yeah I mean Holly and I we've pretty much turned the news off at night now we yeah. we have a show that we watch now and we're in like the 12th season of it or something and it's you know it's a fairly good show fairly wholesome and um but yeah i can really see a difference in myself yeah when i turn i think turning it up more is not the right move for me maybe it is for you it's not for me (laughs) well now what i'm doing is a little bit different than news Mm. it's really commentary on the news so it's a little bit different than than the news because we don't watch the news either. so it's opinion of the news so yeah that makes really, it better yeah it really is yeah yeah it's way better right That's- <laughs> 
While you're working hard to keep your body in shape physically, the music you listen to while you run can help keep you in shape spiritually. We've partnered with J Radio to put together a group of running playlists by Dean, Lane, Holly, myself, and others that you hear here on the Run For God podcast. Plus, you can listen to a playlist put together by members of Run Club just like you. Check out the whole station of Run For God playlist at jradio.com and in the J Radio app. All right, so we're back, and you know, last week I shared this uh, this thing about the us setting the American record in the four by eight hundred meter relay. But here's something that goes along with that story. So, whenever you break an American record, they go through all sorts of steps to make sure that you. And I think I mentioned even last week on the podcast, like the zero gun test, where you have to the gun has to be fired at the at the finish line. And they have to prove that the, the timing system works right. Mm-hmm. Um, all of these things that have to be done. Well, one of the things, obviously, for an age group record is they have to see my birth certificate. Well, I don't know where my birth certificate <laughs> is. And so uh, so I got to look for my birth certificate. Was that on a tablet somewhere, too? Well, yeah, it might have been. Probably, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Well, that's what the problem is. It never gets old poking funny. <laughs> it's, probably, it's probably, a you know, um, lifting up the corner of my house or something yeah. you know the the stone that's uh that it's written on uh anyway uh so i i decided okay first thing i did was i went to the website to order a birth certificate from the state of new jersey which is where i was born i know i'm a yankee <laughs> anyway i was born in new jersey so i, I contact them it's going to be eight to 12 weeks before i can get a birth certificate and i'm like to 12 weeks and of course these other guys on this team they're relying on me to get my birth certificate there so we can get this thing ratified before somebody else breaks it even you know Mm -hmm. i mean there's a reason to want to get it ratified relatively quickly and so uh, so anyway i decide all right there's one thing that hasn't happened yet debbie hasn't looked for my birth certificate yet i asked her where it was she didn't know but she hasn't looked for it Mm -hmm. yet right physically and so we decide, all right, it's going to be, I ordered the birth certificate, but it's going to be a long time before it got here. So let's go ahead and just let's look for it. I've already looked Tear for the it. house apart. I've already looked for it three yeah. times. I haven't found it. So we go to look for it. Like five, no more than 10 minutes later, I found the birth certificate. <laughs> I found it. Because, was it somewhere you'd already looked? I'm, I'm convinced it was because she was looking for it. Yeah. Yeah, it was kind of in the back of somewhere where I was looking for. I, I thought I would have a, like a file. I thought I would have it identified better than I did, and I had to look through a bunch of stuff. And I, once I did, I so as part of getting that ratified, were y'all drug tested? No, they didn't do really? a drug test. Yeah, it's hard to believe nowadays. Yeah, there's yeah. so many you know things that can be done. To, well, we weren't that fast, but it's still an American record. You yeah. think they would take every step? Yeah, and do that's that. just expensive. I think. Yeah. So yeah, I think yeah, I think if if we had run like crazy fast, mm-hmm. then they then maybe they would have done that. But yeah. there wasn't any reason. There was there's no reason to believe that <laughs> that when nobody breaks two twenty for an eight hundred, that uh, there's any reason to believe any of those are on drugs. Yeah, that's <laughs> so, true. Uh, but anyway, here's the funny part. The funniest part about this whole thing is. I got my birth certificate in the mail yesterday. It was seven weeks early. It, it took a week to get there. 
Uh, all right, it's a time for Dean's thoughts, and that's a time when I share something that I've written about the intersection between running and faith. Do you like time travel stories? Mm. Well, here's one, kinda. <laughs> it's called Living in the Future. I love time travel, time travel books and movies. I've seen Back to the Future and H.G. Wells' The Time Machine more often than a reasonable person would think was sane. In Back to the Future, do you remember how obsessed Marty and Doc Brown were with the space-time continuum? It was very important that they didn't alter future events while they were interacting with the past. Any one alteration to historical events could change the course of many other events because they were all connected. So what does time travel have to do with running? Well, I'm glad you asked. In a time travel movie, the reason we're so obsessed with the future and the possible alteration of it is because we know the future. If the adventurous party has traveled back in time, of course. When you know what the future is supposed to be, you don't want to change it, especially in any detrimental way. That brings me to my question. What if we looked at our fitness and our health as if it has already happened? What if we saw ourselves as fitter than we are today? What if we saw ourselves eating better than we do today? What if every day we did what we know we wished we had done yesterday? We wouldn't want to interfere with the space-time continuum, would we? Sure, we would be changing the trajectory of our lives, but only because it is supposed to be that way. Sounds like a great way to look at today and tomorrow to me. I think it would look like this. How am I going to feel tomorrow if I don't run today versus how am I going to feel tomorrow if I do run today? If I eat that piece of cake, would I regret it tomorrow? By putting our future mind on how we're going to feel about what we do in the present, it can help to motivate us to make better decisions. Let's look at it another way. What if you crossed, what if you crossed traffic without looking both ways? Well, you would never do that. Why? Because it would be potentially detrimental to your future. You don't mind taking the extra time to look both ways now so that you don't end up dead tomorrow. It's a silly and extreme case, but it is only different in degree when we look at our fitness journey. We go for that run today because we know it will benefit us tomorrow. When we string enough of those runs together, it makes a gigantic impact on our lives. When we eat well day after day, it leads to a better life, right? So why not choose that path? It's time we started looking at our fitness journey like we're in a time machine. We know our future self looks and feels better than our current self. We don't want to alter the space-time continuum. From a spiritual standpoint, if you have a relationship with Jesus and have accepted him as Lord and Savior of your life, your future is already decided. And that future is a glorious one. John 14, 1 through 3 says, Do not let your hearts be troubled. You believed in God. You believe in God. Believe in also in me. My Father's house has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have told you that I am going there to prepare a place for you? And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. Of course, that's from Jesus. If that sounds good to you, and you have not accepted Christ as your Savior, we invite you to go to www.runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. If you already have that relationship with Christ, then let that future guide you guide what you do today. There was a song, uh, there was a song in 1986 titled, The Future's So Bright I Gotta Wear Shades. If we're saved, our future is indeed bright. 
Let's start looking at our fitness life the same way. If we believe our future is fitter, we'll choose to do the things today to make that future a reality. After all, we don't want to disturb the space-time continuum. (laughs) (laughs) That's a good story, Dean. Doc Brown was smart. He knew what he was doing. He did. Yeah. Yeah. I like Back to the Future. Yeah. Yeah. Did you watch all of them? Oh, yeah. Really? Yeah. yeah. They got worse as they yeah, went they on. Yeah, they kind of got weird there. But the, <laughs> with the train and... Yeah. Yeah, yeah the third one weird. was really strange. Yeah. But, uh, the first and second one. The first one was really good. Oh, the first one's a classic. Yes. Yeah, yeah. for sure. You know, I heard somebody say that the phrase, do what you wish you had done. And I thought, man, there's a lot of power in that phrase. Yeah. And that's what triggered this whole story, was thinking about that from the standpoint of... Yeah, that's what we want. We want to do. We want we want to have done. We want want to have done yesterday, what we wish we had done, to feel good about where we are today. So, doing what you wish you had done means that tomorrow I'll feel better about it. Right? Does that all make sense? I don't know. Um, yeah, I mean, you gotta, but it also you gotta pull on your past too. So it's it's a weird space time continuum there because. You got to pull in your past to know what tomorrow I might feel like if you do it a different way, so that you can do it today. That's, Does that make well? That's all you know. This that'll time, make your brain hurt for. Well, a that's the way it is in Back to the Future. It make yeah. your brain hurt. You know, just thinking about all the things they did. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, you know, I think about it from the the. the we got a lot of folks doing the couch to marathon journey mm-hmm. right now, right? Um, do, here's the question: Do you hope? to get to the finish line or do you picture yourself being at the finish line you know do you do you know you're going to be it's a there a big difference there's a huge difference between those things yeah because you leave you, you leave room for not getting to that finish line if you if, if you leave any doubt at all well it's kind of there. the whole and I, and I never watched star wars but i actually heard this yesterday i was listening to the dave ramsey show and they were arguing about you know yoda evidently said there is no try. There is only do or do not. And they were arguing about which Star Wars that was in. Dave Ramsey was saying it was in two, and John Deloney was saying it was in one. Do you know? It was, I'm almost sure it was in two. Okay. Well, they were arguing about it. I've, yeah. I don't think I've ever seen either one of them. I think Dave got but, it. But I like Yoda's sentiment. <laughs> oh, yeah. There is no try. There There's is do or do, do or not. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, we, we used to tell our athletes that. You, yep. know, you may still tell your girls that. They'll mm-hmm. say, well, I'll try. No. You're either going to do it or you're not going to do it. Yep. You know, make that decision now. Yep. 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 Yeah. We've seen uh, the confidence in people. We talked on uh, two podcasts ago. We talked about Rebecca Poe mm-hmm. and how she believed she yep. had a whole different mindset and it completely changed the outcome of that race that she it's ran. It's completely changed her running up until this point now. Yeah. She texted me Saturday morning. Just, just to tell me that she ran ten miles at like a seven thirty pace. I mean, she was so proud, and I was proud of her. I mean, because yeah. to see where she used to be and to where she is now, I mean, she's a completely different per- person. And it was, it seems like it was one mind shift. Just yeah. all of a sudden, I'm going to do this. I'm not. I'm going to stop trying, and I'm going to start doing. That's exactly what and happened. Made all the difference in the world for her run. Yep, and she's sure. doing great. Yep. I remember that time. I remember that time that Lane was doing a mile time trial. Tried to break. Was he trying to break five? I think at the time. 
and as I lied he, to him. Yeah, as he came through, you you uh, you made him believe something that wasn't actually true. I made him believe he was running slower than he actually was. Yeah, yeah. And then he, uh, so he bared down a little bit harder. And he thought he was just barely going to break five, and he wound up being like. Just well, shattered it. He skipped the 450s. Yeah. And went into like 447 yeah, or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And. Uh, <laughs> it was good stuff. So we're not promoting but, lying, but. No, know, but what you believe. I helped him. Think different. <laughs> That's right. Hey, so listen, as, as I mentioned in this story, if you're not sure about your salvation, please, 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 please go to that website. Uh, again, that's www.runforgod.com forward slash peace with God. There's some videos there that will walk you through some stuff that um, will let you know who you really are in the eyes of Christ. And, um, you know, the, the whole world talks about the uncertainty of tomorrow. Mm-hmm. We've got we, we may have uncertainty about what tomorrow looks like, but we don't have any uncertainty about what eternity looks we like. We know how it all ends. That's right. If you've ever participated in any sport, you've probably met a great coach. Great coaches inspire us to do more than we ever thought possible. You can be the leader that helps others achieve things they never thought possible. You. Yes, you have the ability and the opportunity to be that person. All you need is a heart to help people and the ability to follow a plan. The Run for God 5K Challenge will come ready to help you inspire those around you. The step-by-step guide will direct you how to plan, pray, and train people both physically and spiritually. You can help them become more fit in their health and in their walk with Christ. Share your passion. Go to runforgod.com to find out how to inspire others to accomplish big things. We're back, and uh, so Jakob Ingebrigtsen. You know who Jakob is? I, I've I've heard that name, and I seen your note here, but I don't really. I, I wouldn't know him if I saw him. Well, he's a guy from Norway, a young guy. He's like maybe he's twenty now. I don't know many Norwegians. Yeah, well, Jakob is a really fast dude. So he broke the world record indoors for the fifteen hundred meters, which is cool, and it's really cool. He almost was almost the first person to ever break three thirty indoors, which is. Man, that's crazy fast. But anyway, he's a phenom. He's amazing. His brothers, he's got two brothers that also run that came before him that were really good. But Jakob is the the really superstar of the bunch. But here's what I found super interesting about this is that he did static stretching before he ran that world record. Hmm. And you know, in today's time, you know, you and I have, have we've researched and talked about stretching. And for those people out there that don't understand stretching that much, there are, there's many types of stretching, but there are basically three types of stretching. And you have static stretching, which is, you know, you get into a pose, you hold it for 20, 30, 40 seconds. Um, that's static stretching. Dynamic stretching is is you're, you're moving those muscles past a particular range of motion. Um, and, and you're doing it in more of a, a bouncing form than a, than a holding it form. And then active stretching is where you engage the opposite muscle from the one you're trying to stretch and, and do it. And usually they use devices like ropes or towels or something like that to help you with it. But anyway, of all of those, um, they say now the, the, the latest research says static stretching before running fast is not good for you because it takes some of the elasticity out of your muscles. And then you have this guy. And then you got 
a young guy too. Now he's not, you know, you would think a 35 year old guy, well, maybe he is a remnant. No, this guy, he's a young guy. And, uh, and he was doing the static stretching. I just find that fascinating because I, I wholeheartedly believe in static stretching. Uh, now, do I believe in dynamic stretching? I do. I think that's helpful as well for a different, whole different way. You and I have had conversations about this, and I'm going to mm-hmm. say this on here. We might get some hate mail from coaches because yeah. this this flies in the face of what a lot of coaches do. I, I'm not a big I'm not a big proponent of complexity. You know this. Yep. We were talking about a race course just last week. Yep. Keep it as simple as you can keep it. In the in the realm of coaching, I'm a firm believer that you know go, going back to social media. You know, Lane is on social media. Lane trains here. Uh, Lane is going to get the chance to to race all over the world, but he he trains here. But he he sees a lot of his friends who are on teams and different things across the country. You see this with other with sheer runners, but you see that they're. They're doing all these incredibly specific exercises, these incredibly complicated and specific stretches. I, I'm not saying that they don't work. In one sense, I'm, I'm not saying they don't work, but in another sense, I'm saying that it's bad for you. because, And this is why. Because when you keep things simple... It's easier to maintain and be consistent. And be consistent mm-hmm. when you have to when you have to memorize a flexibility regimen that some of these guys. Now, if you've got a coach that that does all this for you day in and day out, that's one thing. Yeah, but it's like me. I I feel like I stay fairly fit when when I do strength. Which I'm doing right now. I'm 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 going through the marathon challenge with everybody, and I've decided to add in strength this this year. I know plenty of strength exercises. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've studied them. I've coached them. I've taught them. But you know what I do for my strength? Push ups, pull ups, sit ups, squats. Simple. Simple. Yep. And and it's easy. It's easy to stay consistent with that. But when you have a different strength workout for every day of the week. And and like I said, I'm not saying those are bad. Right. I'm saying that it's hard to stay consistent. It's kind of like diet. Yeah. You know, some, people, some people complicate their diet so much and they take in so many inputs that one day they have the salt on the table, the next day they have the salt off the table because it's bad for you today, it's good for you yeah. tomorrow. It's kind of like static stretching. Do what you know works for you and keep it simple. And that's yeah. the best way. It's it's what the the 5K challenge, the marathon challenge. I mean, if you really look at the marathon challenge last year, we had so many people do it for their very first time. And what, what sticks out to you about our marathon training plan? It's incredibly simple. Yeah. It's yeah. not comp. Now, will complexity help you get to the next level? Yeah, maybe. Yeah. But f- – you know, I, I use Lane as an example. I mean, we've always kept his training pretty darn simple. Yeah. And because the the workouts, the training plans, all of that is not the secret. The secret is consistency. And, and the hard work that goes behind and it. And hard work that goes behind it. And whatever you can do to set your up for set yourself up for success there 
is what you need to do. And if that's simplicity, then by all means do it. Yeah, I, I saw a couple of videos just in the past week, I think it is, denouncing uh, Dave Ramsey. Because, be, because I think in their mind what Dave Ramsey advocates for is just too simple. It, it can't be the way. And are there some things that, that, Dave, that Dave advocates for that are not necessarily the most optimal thing to do? Yes, just like the exercises. There might be an exercise out there that might target those obliques a little bit more and, and work them a little bit harder. But the truth is, is that it's if you don't do that exact right thing at the exact right time, I mean, it doesn't matter. And with with Dave, it's the same way. What he advocates for is is solid and simple, and small wins, and, which and, is the same thing yeah. with fitness. You know, exactly. he, he says, "List your debt, smallest to largest. Yep. You know, payment on payments on all of them, and attack the smallest one with a vengeance." And, and people argue and say, "Well, no, you need to go by interest rate and this." And he's saying, "No, keep it simple. Yep. Keep it simple. Exactly Get those small wins early." And that's that's what I've always said with yep. fitness. Keep it simple. It's not rocket science, but unfortunately, there's an entire industry out there now yep. that sole goal is to complicate it so that people think they have to have. No, it's keep it consistent and surround yourself with people who will keep you motivated. And that's really all we're doing. You can go on Google and find every one of our training plans. Yep. That's not the secret to running a marathon. It's not. And mm-hmm. I know people are going to take it exception to that. Yeah. But it's not. That's mm-hmm. not the secret. Secret is consistency and motivation. A hundred percent. And you know what I think? Uh, talk Going back to this whole static stretching thing and, and why I think it works is a, you mentioned do what works for you. I think it's, an all, it's all in how you feel. The power of your mind and the way your body feels way overwhelms that little bit of elasticity that you may have lost in those muscles if you feel better doing that static stretching and so again it's all it's all what what works for you yeah um i noticed yesterday as i was at i was at the high school and the soccer team who won a state championship last year they're all doing static stretching Mm -hmm. so uh yeah it's it's okay if, if you prefer that and you're hearing people go, oh, that's not the way to do it anymore, don't pay any attention to them. Do what you – I see my girls a lot of times. They're the only people in the stadium who are doing static stretching. And I look at that and I'm so proud well, <laughs> because I, I'm like they, – they don't care what anybody else thinks about the fact that they're doing something different than everybody else. They're doing what they feel like helps them. And that's the same way we should all be. But we can set people up for failure when we th- when we make them think that that stretch or that piece of equipment mm. or that training regimen is the secret to their success. It's like when, when we were coaching the triathlon team when the kids were young. And, I mean, Lane rode a, a steel bike until he was, gosh, probably 10 or 11. Yeah. I was not going to buy a 10 or 11-year-old a carbon bike. I just wasn't going to do it. And Lane was consistently in the top 10 in the country. And I, it's because we ingrained in them, it comes down to you. Yeah, It's not a secret bike. It's not. And even when they started getting older, you know, Lane got to the point where, 
okay, his bike was starting to hold him back, and we got him a little bit nicer bike. But I joked around saying I wanted to get a peel the the specialized sticker off his bike and put a huffy sticker on it because <laughs> I still wanted him to have that mentality that it's about my legs, it's not about the bike I ride. Yeah, and but we put so much emphasis on what kind of stretching. Yeah. The bottom line is. Do you stretch? Yep. You need to stretch. Yep. Do you do strength exercises? Do you do core exercises? Yep. And and find those things that work for you and don't complicate it. And be consistent. And be con- it. that is the secret. And it's way easier it's to be consistent, consistent it's, if it's simple. That's right. Yep. How about a trivia question for next week? Our trivia question this week is a is an interesting one. Everybody does everybody know who Steve Prefontaine is? Just most people do. Steve, Steve Prefontaine is arguably the most popular running in American distance running. How many gold medals did Prefontaine win in his journey to being the most remembered of all time? Do you know the answer to that one? I think I know this one. Yeah. All right. And if you have the answer, you can send that to Dean at runforgod.com. And if you're the first person to send that to us, then we're going to send you a Run For God Run Club tumbler. And, uh, can't wait to get that out to you but you got to be first and you got to answer it and it has to go to dean at runforgod.com every week i share a reason why running is so awesome and this week here's why running is so awesome it helps us measure better (laughs) if you're a runner uh you probably have a higher pain tolerance than other people Uh, i agree with that because people who don't have any pain tolerance typically try to run and then they quit and they don't try it again. <laughs> so uh, I think our scale is And that is can wider. be acquired. Yeah. yeah. So if, if you've tried to run and it hurt too much, try again. We've seen so many people, right? We've seen people who struggle with a 5K who made it to a marathon. Isn't that another Yoda quote? Try, try again. Who said that? If you don't, if at first you don't succeed, try, try again. Yeah. I don't think that was Yoda. Oh, okay. I think that was around way before Yoda. Well, I never watched Star Wars. Yeah. So <laughs> it sounded like a Yoda quote. <laughs> But true. Uh, if you don't succeed, try try again. Yep, yep, that yep. is an acquired high pain tolerance is a an acquired thing. That's right. Yep. And running is tough. You know how many other things carry you know a, a, a lost toenail as a badge of honor. You know, as much as I've run, I've never lost a toenail. Have you not? Oh, gosh, I've got I've got two trying to fall off right now. Really? Yeah, well, they probably won't fall off. Mine tend to turn black, and then they don't really fall. off. I wonder off, what the science is behind that. What causes that? Well, for me, I know what causes mine. My foot hits the end of my shoe. Depends on the shoes that I'm wearing and whether I'm running up and down hills or not. So what happens with me, mine happened from the two marathons that I ran this past month. And uh, my I've got what they call Morton's Toe. Do you know what Morton's Toe is? I know what Morton's Neuroma is. I should have left that as a trivia question. Morton's Toe is when, you're, uh, when your second toe is longer than your big toe. And so my second toe is... So lo- what is Morton's Neuropathy? Because that's, that's where I've had Morton's neuropathy, and it's where my toe would go numb. Yeah, that's, a, that's a different message. Well, I wonder what Morton's is. I don't know if that's something the doctor or, or what. Well, it makes you think it's something to do with that yeah, second I don't think toe. I don't think they're related at all. I mean, they may be in, in location. That's like a good said, trivia question. Yeah, you need yeah. to think about all that. All right. I'll have to check that out. <laughs> all right. Motivational thought of the week is this. Whatever you do today, do it with the confidence of a four-year-old wearing a Batman cape. (laughs) 
I, I, I saw that and I just loved it. Uh, and a picture of this little little boy in a bat, Batman cape. You know, I mean, it's just think about that picture, right? When when I was a kid, I did everything with just great gusto and enthusiasm and great confidence. And uh, that's the way we need to do things. Uh, it goes back to that. Just belief. don't dump, jump off the top of the house, though. That yeah, that's true. <laughs> Well, Batman wanted to jump off the top of the house. Yeah. But I'm sure there's some kids that have done it. Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I know I probably would have done it if I'd had a Batman cape. Yeah. You know, the other day I was watching, uh, a, I don't know why, but I was watching this Buddy Hackett clip from when he was on the Johnny Carson show. You remember Buddy Hackett? No. Nope. Do you know Buddy Hackett? Don't you know, know Buddy Hackett. Well, older folks out there probably know who Buddy Hackett is. He was a comedian. Buddy Hackett was hysterically funny. But it hit me watching this that the joke that Buddy Hackett told that just people were just, I mean, they were just falling all over the place. The joke itself wasn't that funny. In other words, if another comedian told that joke, it just wasn't going to be that funny. But what Buddy Hackett does is he goes 100% into that joke. Animated. Everything is to the nth degree. And he just, he sells that joke so hard that by the end, you just don't have any choice but to laugh at it. You better laugh. Yeah, 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 and uh, and it made me think. That's kind of the way we should do everything. We should just get into everything Absolutely, wholeheartedly yeah. and go just hard as we can go, right? Man, Dean, you made me want to go run right now. Yeah, let's go run. And for you out there, you guys can go run now too, because I think we're done with this done. week. Yeah. So now, may God bless every step of every run. Go out there and shine your light. And go review the podcast. Good job, Dean. <laughs>